Welcome to Digimon Digital Moncast, the podcast where we sit around and talk about a Japanese kid show where they have pet monsters and they fight each other and the grow big. The other Japanese kid show where they have monsters that fight each other. The oh, other these one. ones grow big. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, you're, you've got a point. That description, you know, describes probably a dozen different like kid shows from that era. off the top of my head. Or the other, other one. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. We missed a week last week. Um, that happened. And also, still no Jules. She's not back yet. So we have Joel's here. Hey, everyone. And Sam's back. He was in the previous episode. I- I- I'm sure you can vouch for that. I just don't remember. A lot of things <laughs> I don't remember. Also, yes, I'm Tyler. Hi. Um, so at what point are we going to... Um start having somebody narrate a recap of the previous podcast for listeners and or um, hosts who may not remember. Well, you can't narrate the recap. <laughs> we we will leave them at some point. together from segments from the previous shows to stay in theme. Oh, God. We need, like, stock sounds. If we just get, like, clips of people saying every word imaginable and just paste them together to make the recap. I'm sure I can use the Swedish version for that. That uh, that was Finnish, completely different. So that's that's basically the spoken realize... word version of like a, one of those ransom notes where you cut cut up uh, words out of the newspaper or magazines and paste them together. Yeah, just cut if together anyone didn't words get that comment about the Finnish version. Before we started recording, I linked everyone a uh, video of the Finnish dub of Digimon. It is the least inspired dub. Of anything I have ever watched in my life. I mean, or take possibly. the general tone of voice that we're using for this podcast right now and apply it to everything that happens in the show, including screams. Yeah, it's like they were told to keep the volume down in the studio while they were screaming. Well, so you, just you say studio, but I'm pretty sure it was some guy's apartment. Well, I can't vouch for the accuracy of this, but someone online did say that it was done by ex-convicts as part of their parole. They had to do <laughs> oh, some boy. Work. That's... Uh, and the work was dubbing Digimon. Man, so... voice acting. I suppose it would be a step above like pressing license plates or cleaning up trash on the highway. Mm. Mm. I mean, if they told me what <laughs> Plus, this project was, you get was, to be part of I like the most infamously bad Digimon dub out there. Which you know, that, that's that's something. I mean, if I was I in guess. prison and you told me, "Hey, we need you to animate this uh, children's show. It's called Booba. I need you to just sort of give these sounds in the script." I'm not sure I would take it. I don't know. That seems like a pretty awesome gig. And you get to pretend. And then they have like weird, like layering effects on the Digimon voices. Okay, yeah, it's like it's like some sort of chorus. Was super into it. Just okay. Just envision the scene. <laughs> you, yeah, there was there was exactly one person. Your tiny little dinosaur man. Go. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's exactly one person on this entire project who was passionate about it, and it was the, like, audio editing guy. Yeah, the guy who made the effects for the Digimon voices. As long as there's only <laughs> one person really into it, I'm down. Because that's the perfect yeah. ratio. I can't wait. I don't know if it's going to be out in time, but uh, around this time next week is the um, premiere of the next Digimon Try. It comes out. I think it releases in Japanese theaters on Friday. And then it'll take however long to come out on DVD and up on the internet. So is it releasing in theaters as like an entire like quote unquote movie? Yes. So it's like all four or six or however many episodes. A limited theatrical release of the four episodes like as a movie, which is what it was designed as, and then it's getting a DVD and online release as four separate episodes sure Just like the uh, like those fu- like so that futurama season after they got canceled but before they got uncanceled yeah. yeah exactly i have so much hope for the show and everything you tell me is just filling with dread on this whole project well the first one was really good yeah but it's really good. miniseries uh, it's not a tv miniseries it's it's a series of a movies series that they're then cutting up movies. to make yeah you're not I think helping. it's supposed to be six movies helping. cut up into four episodes each, is the idea. They've put out the first ten minutes of footage. i got to say, the, the new Digimon that they have on their team is the most fucking god-ugly thing you've ever that's, seen. That's most Digi- like Digimon designs past the first like few years of the franchise. Like They got weird quick. And... Kind of. I mean, this one is... It's like they took a cool design for a Digimon and then just added way too much random-ass shit to it. Yeah, that that sounds like a Digimon. Because, it, it, in case anyone hasn't seen it, it's called Meikumon. It is a cat. It's supposed to be a Maine Coon. Except it has, like, these weird scarf things coming off it with, like, helix patterns on them. Yeah, exactly like a Maine Coon. And then its eyes are stars. Right, it is. And where's the where's the like Digimon? Where's like the Digimon stuff come in? So far, it you're just talk, describing. And it a cat. has like it has evil face, and it can make like a fucking barrier. Yep, yep. That's all. That's all. Just describing a cat. There is a picture of it dressed as a ninja, which is pretty awesome. I do like that. I'm gonna do the spelling of this to search this up. Oh, I would have no idea. It's like M E I K U or something. Yeah, it, it's really, really... I'll see if I can get a picture. Uh, two U's. Two U's. Yes, two U's. It's so ugly. It has an M on its forehead, obviously, because we didn't know it would be called Meikumon. Those tails are not doing any favors. No. It's so over-designed. It has, like, a weird green cape thing it wears sometimes. But yeah. It it it. I'm looking forward to the next try. It looks great. The um, I am worried for episode three, of the third movie, because uh, we've gotten a five second teaser trailer for it, which is Padamon saying goodbye to TK and then flying away. I don't want that to happen. It'd make me very sad. Oh, I'm sure he'll be back shortly. Of course he will. It's an anime. Nothing ever changes. Well, and they wouldn't, and they wouldn't show him leaving if he was actually like leaving for good, or if it was any major plot point. You don't <laughs> yeah. show a major plot point in a five-second teaser. 
You show no. something that's completely inconsequential that you might trick somebody who's never seen a five second teaser before into thinking is a major plot point. But that is a thing with Japanese trailers. They do give away major plot points. Like the Japanese fucking love their spoilers in trailers. They fucking love them. Ah, it's weird. We should um move on to the episode rather than talk about uh uh, do we Digimon have to actually try. talk about the thing we're recording this podcast to talk about? Eventually we have to. Like, Even 20 waffle minutes around in. more. It's not 20 minutes in. It's like 10. We're 20 minutes into the way. call. Yeah. We could talk about the manga series we've never mentioned before. Let's start the episode. I've never read it, so yes, <laughs> let's absolutely talk about it. Uh, There are several. Um, the Electric Tale of Tentamon. Digimon Adventure V Tamer, which a boy named Taichi, which is Tai's name. Uh, it, it is not the same Tai. It is a different Tai. This came out before the show, by the way. Uh, where he goes into like a tournament or something with like his virtual pet. And it's like a Vmon, but not the same kind of Vemon. It's really fucking dumb. <laughs> and it digivolves into like a dinosaur. And I can't... Um, honestly, I don't know much about it beyond that. It eventually turns into like the most bullshit overpowered Digimon to have ever existed. That's saying something. Yeah. No, it it turns into like... Uh, where is it? It's uh, All Force Vigramon Super Ultimate Mode. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. As tamer as I was thinking it would be. Well, it it's one of the few Digimon to go past Mega. There's like seven Digimon or some shit that have forms past Mega. It is one of them. Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, got it. Yep, basically. Super Saiyan they God. They turn blue. Too. They got like weird glowy shit everywhere. Yep. That movie was dumb. But awesome. So with that shit out of the way, even though there's like five other manga series I'm just not mentioning because... Gotta have content for the other episodes. Oh yeah, we'll have a a manga spotlight where we can not talk about them because I know nothing about them. (laughs) See, not knowing anything about them is a perfect reason to talk about them. Because then we can just try to make stuff up based on like the covers that we quickly Google before the episode. And Uh, I guarantee you nobody else has read them either, so they won't know if we're lying. This is a dangerous game you play. There is the cover of Vtamer 01. I'm not sure if that's the if it's called Vtamer 01 or if it's just Yeah, sure. Uh yeah, Vdramon, awesome. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if it's actually called Vtamer 01 or if it's Vtamer issue 1. Well, there's 01 and then there's a 1 below it that says disc 1. It's disc 1. Oh, because it's digital. Is that supposed to be a Magna Angemon? It, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's his face. Huh. That's the second form of Angemon, whose name does not occur to me. It looks Magna like a bishop. Angemon. Yeah, he's cool. He's fucking awesome. I love him. Uh, now we can get into the episode, because I'm done waffling about this stupid manga series. <laughs> it, I don't even think was ever translated into English. So uh, this is episode five. Uh, English title, Kabuterimon's Electro Shocker. 
the Japanese title is Lightning Kabuterimon. Both. I don't, I don't know that either, a rare either title is particularly good this time. No, they're not, but in this case, I prefer the English. Yeah, I mean, at least it at least it tells us his attack name. Yeah, even though I don't actually know if he says it when he uses it. I don't know if any... Well, Andromon says his attack every time he uses it, but none of the others do, I don't think. No. It's weird. Well, it's super well they inconsistent begin with saying their stuff. attacks, but as the series goes on, they stop doing that because, understandably, we... Well, get no, they doing... they start doing it consistently. They start doing it more. On. Really? I don't yeah, as remember this. The at earlier all. episodes, it's, they it's either incredibly say the wrong disconcerting name. when they don't. Yeah. It these early episodes, they either say the wrong name that they never say again, or they just don't say anything. But moving ahead, it's like every single time they say the name. I prefer the silence. No, you got to have the. You got to have your called so shots. Hype. They're more powerful they if have... you call them. Exactly. I mean, like the, the first time it's dramatic, every other time after that, like, it's like the whole uh, yeah, but... evolution cutscene thing. You, you get the idea, let's keep this going. Ah, oh, but you, it's like the hypest moments when they're, like, fighting the bad dude and they all use their attacks. Like, just goes straight from one to the next to the next to the next, all in a row. It's like the most fucking amazing thing to ever happen. Yeah, it's, it it's a mar- it's a marketing thing, really. It's you you want to have the regular beats that everyone expects and everyone's ready for, so that like the kids can call them out as they're watching along and call them out when they're playing on the playground, and like you just keep repeating the phrases over and over so it gets stuck in the <coughs> kids' heads, and then they remember it forever. Yeah. And yeah. like fifteen years later, record a podcast about it. Yeah, and. And still remember all of the attack names, even the ones that they only use like twice ever. Well, yeah, but I mean, like you, you watch those episodes. Mug the Anjumon is literally in three episodes in this entire show, uh, and I still know what is that is attacks are called. Well, that's just because you're a sucker for the Japanese song for his evolution thing. Oh, it was so good! I found a clip of in the uh, Japanese dub. When he digivolves into Magna Angemon, it's got like this amazing, like Spanish guitar concerto thing playing. It's so cool. I appreciate I found that. The, I found watching clip. that clip really interesting, though, because both Angemon and Magna Angemon's, uh, or Holy Angemon, I believe in Japanese, yes. um, their voices are so different from what you would like Especially the tone Magna of voice Angemon's. you'd expect from like a Western, uh, like, you know, we have a stereotypical sort of paladin voice that you kind of associate with mm. angels, a really, like, deep, uh, regal Which almost what, sounding uh, voice. And Angemon's voice is like. Yeah, and that's not it. Magna Angemon's is different. His is, like, super deep, like, sexy man voice. It's really well, he's kind time. of a sexy man, so. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll actually get started on the episode that we've said the title. Um, we're piecing this episode together you know five minutes at a time here uh well we're not even one second in so far right so the next five Um, minutes will cover the next second yes they're in a desert it starts with sora narrating because we're you know narration tracker sora uh i I believe we i believe we called this last episode yep um yeah, they're just like walking along on like these big grass plains and stuff. 
Yeah, they must have come from the desert because they're all tired and like ex- yeah, and Gomamon's super dehydrated, which is understandable. He is like a fish monster. Uh, they all like collapse and they decide to take a break. And Izzy tries to get his computer to work by typing repeatedly on the keyboard, despite the fact that the uh, screen is off. completely black. <laughs> yeah, well, not a, not a real bright nerd by writing the right combinations. That's what you do. Yeah, he's going to like press as many. Yeah, if he, keys as if he gets that like, Kon- if he gets style. that Konami code in, it'll like just come back to life. You have mm. to prove the computer that you know what you're doing, so it'll trust you <laughs> and turn on. Yeah, Matt and Ty are making fun of him. You say, "Oh, maybe he's going <laughs> to ask the aliens to beam him up." But they give a lot of shit to him because of his alien theory. To be fair, we do too. Oh yeah, but that's because we know what actually is happening. The actual aliens. <laughs> There are. Like, I have to say, I, exist. I paused this at just the right moment to see the frame where Ty comes into view. They animate him so it looks like he's running up off camera, but in actuality, they paste his entire model into one frame. So one second he's there, or he's not there, the of next second he's they completely do. there. Of course they do. Um, so Izzy's like, oh, it's just not working. And Ty just yanks the computer out of his hands and starts whacking on the side of it and says, I know how to fix it. Which, Ty actually does this again in the movie. (laughs) Like, the computer's really slow, so he just bangs it and it turns off and he almost nukes Tokyo. Foreshadowing for later seasons of of Digimon, where the protagonist straight up hits the Digimon. (laughs) Foreshadowing. That's that's very, very far away. They're masters at foreshadowing this early on. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I think at this point that's actually like eight or nine years away. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Izzy's like, you know, give me that back. And he's pretty pissed off. Which, I mean, who wouldn't be pissed off if someone just ripped your computer out of your hands and started hitting it. And these are old yeah. and Ty laptops. And Ty gets all, Ty gets all indignant. Yeah. He's like, what? You're acting like I'm hurting the damn thing. You are, Ty. You are hurting You're gonna break it. it. You're hurting it fuck? and me. Personally. And Izzy's feelings. Izzy, like, they don't mention it very much at this point, but Izzy is basically Ty's best friend. Yup. Yup. For some reason. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's amazing Ty has any friends, but we'll assume that, yes. (laughs) Um, Sora has a sick burn on him, says, well, maybe if your brain was as big as your hair. God! Savage. They got another sick burn on Ty at the end of the episode. I like this. Yeah, making fun of Ty is like a time-honored tradition. (laughs) Just imagine. Ty is all... All mad about that, and he spots some smoke in the distance. So he says, "Oh yeah, Agumon and I will go check it out." At which point, Izzy's computer starts to turn on, except it's out of power. Which, oh, how does the battery go flat when it hasn't been on? Well, I would assume that since the digital world is basically the inside of a computer already, it's been like draining the battery just ambiently. Also, this is like a shitty '90s laptop, so. As that Izzy probably types lasts on it. like twenty minutes. As Izzy types on it, and well, if a nine-year-old is lugging it around, the it computer, can't... the computer sweats internally in the form of draining the charge. So, oh man, I don't <laughs> want to deal with this man. Oh goodness, he can type so fast. So fast. <laughs> He's nine. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, didn't you know the faster <laughs> you type, the faster the battery drains? That's how it works. 
Oh, yeah. Of course it does. Um, Ty says, hey, guys, come on, take a look at this. Uh, there's, like, a giant factory just in, like, a basin. And they're like, oh, okay. Mimi says, I hope there's a manufacturer's outlet nearby. Because she's Mimi, and her sole personality trait is that she likes shopping. Uh, on the flip side, it's impressive. It's downright impressive how she could tie everything to shopping. Like that's yeah. I would not be able to make that kind of comparison she just did. She it's has a very big. she has a very um powerful but specific imagination. <laughs> yes. Incredibly powerful. I suppose at this point they've been in the digital world for what, like three days? Yeah, sure. I Which mean, means she's probably jonesing for some shopping. This is probably the longest she's gone without yeah. visiting a she's mall. She's having withdrawal. Um the factory itself though, it's like everything is just solid metal. Yeah, it's I mean, like a gigantic I've, refinery of sorts. I've heard Lights of brutalism in architecture, but this is like a step further than that. Hmm. Uh, they go inside, and there's just like, you know, gears turning and whirring and all this weird shit. There's like a production line where there's like a conveyor belt where stuff just rolls along it, and then these robots just like attach weird shit together, so they're just putting like chunks of metal together that don't look like anything. It, it's really bizarre. It, it's a Dr. Uh, Seuss nightmare of engineering. Uh, just putting together yeah. the parts for the sake of putting together parts. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's well, manufacturing we later for the sake that, of manufacturing. Well, yeah, we find out later on in the episode that that's how the factory generates power, is by putting things together and taking them apart. Which isn't how... That's the complete opposite of how power generation actually works. That would be draining power. Not in power. Digi-World. I mean, we, we've already kind of confirmed that what you find here is abstractions of the best they can understand these functions. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the uh, the real, like, computer that inspired this factory is? Something that just puts shit together and it's takes it prob- apart? It's probably some automations controls programs running in actual factories yeah. somewhere. Yeah. It's every .gov site. Just all of them. Sooner That's or later, it. we're gonna... F- like, there's gonna be so much stuff we're gonna find in the digital world that just defies any form of trying to find like so what's this a digital version of oh i feel like i'm up to that challenge that's what it is Mm, we get some weird shit have you seen what the internet has to offer but this is not the internet no no but if it's being generated (laughs) by the computers that run the internet Hmm. They're clearly tied together. There's clearly some attachment, wonder, even before they get into the internet itself. Because the internet is separate from the digital world. Is there a digital world representation of the internet? Yeah, That's but I don't think they could show that on a kid's show. <laughs> That's the not-safe-for-work part of the digital world. They're not allowed to go there. Thank goodness they sailed to the east, to the desert continent after this, instead of sailing hmm. to the west, to the... Much more... To the porn continent. Yes, it's, it's huge. Yes, continent 34. It's, it's, it's like, amazing um, they missed it. <laughs> it's kind of like that uh, that demon from Shin Megami Tensei. It's like the giant dick demon. This is what you, all the Digimon You won't find like. any purchase here, sir. <laughs> There's no fertile ground for that reference. <laughs> There's a giant demon in that series that looks like a penis. Fair enough. Uh, hmm. So Joe says, uh, oh, there must be someone in charge of moving those conveyor belts. He's going to go look for them. But you mean like uh, physically or 
as you mentioned, oh, that I assume means like in shards. Well, I mean, yeah, even if you have an yeah. automated system in the real world, you still need to have somebody like on the line to make sure everything's running right and to intervene if something goes wrong. Yeah, make sure it doesn't just like explode. I know, but the phrasing he uses for it makes you think otherwise. Mm. I mean, these are little kids. Never know what yeah, they might. There's got to be somebody crank running a crank somewhere that's powering this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. I think I read a comic what, where Superman he's... powered a power plant by running a crank. Clearly, that must be what's going on. We gotta find this yeah. really buff. He man. actually mentioned it earlier on, but this is an English dub only thing. His reasoning for thinking there was someone here is that oh, people have to work at a factory. That must mean there's a cafe somewhere. I'll go find it, and there will be people there. Which is what? What the fuck, Joe? It's <laughs> not the most unreasonable thing. And when he when he says that and he like walks off, it the group just kind of like splits up. Yeah, without these, any explanation. These kids are like so quick to just leave somebody behind or split the party. Mm. Like they do not care <laughs> at all about each other. The, the group split into uh so there's Joe, Sora and Ty uh together and they're just walking along outside in the factory. Um where Beomon's like, "Stop, I heard something." Which okay. With her like uh, we, special bird, bird hearing senses. apparently. Yeah, uh, we cut to the other four kids standing outside of a door marked "power supply room." It's literally um, a giant battery. Just yeah, a giant battery. They go a giant inside. dynamo that runs some I'll gears. Also, I'll also mention again: Patamon's voice is different yet again. This is the third Patamon voice we've had in five episodes. Let's go through digi puberty and don't be too rough on a man. Your voice <laughs> chases a crack sometimes. It's cool. Yeah, especially here, yeah, if you get such an awesome voice like he gets when he digivolts. Fucking hell. Totally worth it. Uh, yeah, the, the power supply is just a massive battery. Like, <laughs> just fucking huge, like, to the ceiling battery. It's ridiculous. And, yeah, and he immediately tries to tap into it by fondling the outside. Surely, he just tries to rub the chassis as if that's gonna somehow, like, mm. unleash power. Maybe there's yeah, a cut... door he can open to walk inside and take the No, power. no, that would be crazy. That no, that can't know. possibly happen. I'm going to say right now that will never happen. But first, we cut back to the uh, other three kids again, Joe, Sora, and Ty. Um, they're just who, walking at the machinery. They're just walking along, and Agumon spots a robot crushed under a gear. And Gomamon says, oh, that's Andromon. Now, here's the thing. They keep saying that he's an android, but his design clearly shows that there is a flesh body beneath the He's clearly a cyborg. Which makes him a cyborg. Um, I actually really looked him Android. up, and the official like artwork on like the Digimon wiki shows a version of him with wires and like a metal endoskeleton, like a Terminator, oh, instead cool. of flesh. So I think his original design really was a robot with like exposed wires, and for some reason they thought that was too grody for kids to see so they like drew monster flesh over it because that's yeah. less grody because it would be a lot cooler if it just had like the wires and shit that would make him like an android maybe he's bioorganic and like if he's bioorganic that, that makes him a cyborg what if it's like synthetic organic like uh metal gear solid those uh big lady leg robots oh the robots with the sexy lady legs yeah like those it's well, actual robots, but it's like soft robotics. As soon as, well, as, soon as you like mix organics in there, though, it's a cyborg. That's the entire 
meaning of the mm, word even if it's synthetic well yeah i mean that's what that's what terminators were they made synthetic skin to put over the yeah. metal body there's no actual human parts there mm. as a side note uh andromon is actually an ultimate level digimon uh so he is the first ultimate digimon to appear yeah and they actually yes they actually somewhat reference that they don't actually mm. call him out by like they, power level but they mention that they he's, say he's really strong yeah he's like the uh, strongest they, one of the strongest digimon on the island of, yeah they attribute it to the fact that he's a robot they say oh, it must be because he's he's an android that's what makes him stronger it's because he's an ultimate level digimon so a, a couple of other notes on andromon because i did my research here um <laughs> you did more than me he was actually developed as a prototype for a cyborg. Um, so basically, oh. he's supposed to be like the machine part of a cyborg that would eventually be combined with some sort of like organic Digimon to make a um, some sort of hybrid. But um, it says that his technology was appropriated for Metal Greymon and Megadramon, which you can see because he has the exact same chest missiles that yeah, he's got, he's got the boob missiles. Metal, Metal Greymon has. Yeah, I can see that, even though it doesn't really fit into the fact that no one develops Digimon, they just kind of pop up. Well, I mean, someone developed them. The, the initial spark. In Tamers, someone developed them. Like, I, they actually went out and created the digital world in Tamers, which is an interesting take on it. But in this one, the digital world just kind of cropped up when they turned on a computer. It's weird. Uh, so then we cut back to Izzy. And this is where he just, like, runs his hands along, this, along the battery. He's just like, oh yeah, I just want to plug my computer in and maybe I can use it to call for help. I find electric socket at eye level. Mm. And then we immediately cut back to the other guys pulling Andromon out from under the gears. Because you can't linger too much on any one scene or any one thought, or the kids will get bored. cut between these two groups, like, three times in 20 seconds. It's unbelievable. Um, Ty's, they're, like, struggling to pull him out because he's, like, stuck. Ty falls over, and he hits a lever, which turns all the gears on. Uh, It turns all the gears on. Yeah, I think, doesn't it actually start, like, all the production lines running backwards? Or something? Or did that happen later? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it frees Andromon. Uh, unfortunately, it also shoves a black gear into his leg. Uh, this is why you pay attention to the workplace safety manuals. You're going to get <laughs> black gears in all in, in you place. if you don't stop crawling beneath machinery like this. this is, yeah, that's that's this like five different OSHA violations right there. Oh, yeah. This is why but, we do the training. This is why we watch the This is the why videos. we have unions. God. <laughs> Somebody has say to... It's boring, but we gotta do it. Somebody <laughs> has to begrudgingly go over and flip the... There have been X many days since the last Black Gear incident and flip that back down to zero. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine a Digimon workplace where, you know, every couple of weeks they just have... Someone gets a Black Gear and just goes fucking bananas and tries to kill everyone. This is the second Black Gear we've seen, so this is kind of the first... Like, consistent plot point? Yeah, it's... Oh, there's another one of these things that's making people go crazy. Oh, I would have loved if it was a different thing causing people to go crazy every time. The Black Gear was just oh. a red herring all along. That's never God. explained. 
Because, oh, I mean, the great. first one, you could have just gone, oh, you know, it's another crazy thing that happens in this That's just something that happens to you guys. It's just... Yeah. Whatever. But, no, even though we don't get to see the villain for, like, another fucking three episodes or some shit. Uh, yeah. Black Gears. They're a thing now. Who knew? Um, <laughs> unfortunately, Andromon's still, like, knocked out. And Ty's like, I know how to jumpstart him, and prepares to hit him, because that's all Ty knows how to do with technology. Uh, Sora, like, holds him back. He's like, no, don't do it. Unfortunately, Agumon is exactly the same as Ty, and just smacks him on the head. You know they say pets start to uh, resemble their owners after time? Hmm. Well... Ty and Agumon are so similar. Well, just a Digimon before Ty. He's just being a bad influence all over the place. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. Um, Andromon, like, boots up because he's a robot. He's got, like, a boot sequence. And And we get, like, his... Yeah, we get the the classic, like, Robocop, Terminator... Yeah, we get the RoboVision thing. Um, where he's just, yeah. Uh, Sora says, I'm sure if we're nice to him, then he'll be nice to us. At which point, he immediately grabs Sora by the ankle and then just hoists her up in the air and says, I shall punish alien intruders. This so is how I say paying, hello. Why he's do been not paying too much back? to back. Yeah. I suppose, like, technically humans are aliens in Digiworld. Yeah, I suppose. If, if you really want to get into it. Are aliens, aliens looks or are we really God? Cool. Because we kind of created them with our telecommunications network. Hmm. Well, himself, but... he looks fucking awesome. He looks great. He would look cooler if he still had, like, the wires and shit in that one thing he found. Yeah, in his, in his normal, like, official art or whatever. Hmm. Where he's just, like, chunks of metal held together and stuff. But he is just, like, a robot man with, like... One leg is exposed, one is fully metal. Nine feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, that's not an exaggeration. He's, got... he's huge. Yeah, he's massive. Uh, and he has like a Robocop-style mask that looks like a skull. It's pretty cool. Yeah, skull um, shoulder pads and such. Yeah, he's really cool. I do like him. Um, Beermon shoots a twister at him, and he just fucking throws Sora. Because... Fucking why not? I assume it, I uh, assume it startled him, because it sure as hell wouldn't have hurt him. <laughs> yeah, Agumon shoots the roof above him, and just like a fucking fountain of like eye beams fall from the roof and crush him. Agumon well, you see directly directly above beams. directly above this uh, this room is their eye beam storage facility. Uh, of course, um, it's this episode. Fire- Agumon and Tai tolerable are, cables. They're just uncharacteristically competent. Well, they're in turns incompetent and competent. Mm. But normally they're just completely incompetent, no matter what they do. I mean, it's, they're young. They're learning as they go on throughout the series. They grow more competent. <laughs> so we cut back again to Matt, TK, and Mimi, who have like abandoned Izzy. Ogling uh, the machines. And they're just watching the weird-ass production lines, which I think at this point they're starting to take them apart. Like, all the weird stuff they're building. And they're just like, what is this place? Uh, and then, again, we cut to Izzy, because we really needed that short clip of those three. Uh, and Izzy finds a door 
inside the battery. Because that's what? how batteries work. batteries have doors. Uh, they're just because, you know, we're not used to giant batteries. We only have tiny ones. You never actually get to open the door because it's too small. And because all of the, you know, acid would leak out, but okay. Well, yes. Um, so inside the battery, it's sort of, it's kind of like the hiding tree from episode one, except uh, instead of just being solid metal, the room is like glowy walls covered in different symbols. We'll call them runes. Um, yeah, it's got like the English alphabet is on there. Uh, the Japanese is in a little bit there. And there's also the Korean one I saw. There's a lot that I don't recognize. There's but I some don't that want to say they're gibberish. Yeah, because there's some that look real scribbly, but um, some of them look fake. But I'm afraid to say they are. I'm gonna put myself in line and say some of them are fake. No, probably right. Some of them definitely. Uh, however, Izzy sees all these different languages and everything, and says, "Oh, it's binary annotation of a computer program." <sighs> No, it's fucking not. There's the English alphabet right there. It's just, just all the letters in the wrong order, I might add. Binary, binary, binary can anything. Yeah, but Izzy's not, he's nine years old. But this is television, so binary, binary just means magic computers <laughs> speak that any nerd can read. Of course it does. Uh, Izzy, like, rubs out part of one of the symbols with his hand, uh, and just all of the lights in the whole fucking factory shut off. Like, they just completely lost power. God damn it, Izzy! <laughs> so we cut. Yeah, the ties I, I love I love the logic in. Oh, hey, this looks like a computer program that must run be running everything. Let me mess with it. Yeah, let's just erase part of it and see what happens. I appreciate Mimi's response. Izzy's a for scientist. What but Mimi say? just goes. Oh, I guess they didn't pay the power bill. Oh, of course she does. Of course. <laughs> um. So we get Ty's group, and they hear, like, Andromon growling, and we get a really cool shot. And Joe like, complains that he breaks black. out in hives in the dark. Uh, is Joe, Joe allergic is allergic to the to, dark now? Yeah, Joe is allergic to the absence of light. Of course he is. Such a precious baby. He, we can't <laughs> live exposed to this. Uh, we get a really cool shot of, like, down the dark hallway, where you just see Andromon's glowing eyes getting closer and closer. Um... And once again, we get an amazing dub line that explains why they're standing still and not moving. Because Ty says, maybe we should keep moving so he doesn't catch us. Well, you know, just stay frozen until the monster gets here. I prefer Sora's so, line of, boy, I hope that's not Andromon. You mean the loud clanking footsteps <laughs> and the nine foot high eyes that are glowing in the dark? And on the flip yeah. side... What if it wasn't Andromon? Exactly. What if some other Digimon with glowing eyes? Would that You're be still better? fucked. Andromon is the like, best case scenario here. Yeah. Because at least, you know, then there's only one of them. You're not running around with, like, maybe what if it was a second Andromon. Well, to be fair, fucked. they did hear a noise before they rescued Andromon, so there might be another one in there. That's a good point. Um, yeah, Snora's like, oh, we should sneak away. And then we get another shot of, like, Andromon's robo-vision. Because he can see in the dark. He's a fucking robot. It wasn't uh, even that dark to begin with. No, it wasn't. And he spots them, like, doing their sneaky walk. Which... Yeah, it can't be too, it can't be too dark because they attack. start, like, moving down the hall. And if it was actually pitch black, they wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good well, I mean, point. It's very fortunate he started to call out his attack so that the kids mm -hmm. knew... His attack, Dang, this isn't fooling anybody. His attack is fucking run. cool. So he, like, locks onto them with, like, a, you know, computer lock-on thing. 
and then he holds up his hand, which starts spinning, turns into like a fucking drill, which then shoots lightning. In like it doesn't, yeah, arc. it doesn't just shoot lightning. Like it, he like makes a slash in the air, and the lightning forms in the shape of the slash, and then starts flying at them. It's it's fucking cool, ridiculous. Um. So of course, after that, we cut back to Izzy in the weird room. Yeah, because an exciting mm-hmm. like fight and chase scene is breaking out, and we can't have that. Yep. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, I must have deleted the wrong program," and he fixes it with a stroke of metallic paint. That is very clearly just a marker. I love Straight I love up. Tentomon in pretty much everything that happens in this episode oh, this, because the scene with he keeps Tentomon he keeps awesome. making these really obvious statements towards it to Izzy that I'm ninety percent certain are sarcasm, and Izzy seems <laughs> oh, they completely are oblivious to it. Oh, Izzy's both of them in this episode are great. So Izzy says that oh you know normally batteries run on the chemical reaction generates a current, but this battery seems to make its own current without that. <laughs> Tentomon says. Okay, now explain what that means for people who didn't major in engineering. Izzy is nine. He can understand that. Fucking get your head in the game, Tentomon. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Izzy's just fucking typing away on his computer. He says if he can decode the program, he can figure out its base functions and get them out of there. I don't Hello really world. understand how help. that logic works. Like... Okay, you figure out what's running the factory. How's that going to help? Maybe they can build a way to get out of there. Well, Maybe. are they really trapped? Because, like, they got in there just fine. I know it, It's really weird, because at the end of the episode, they say, oh, you can get out this way. It doesn't seem like they're trapped. Yeah, like, couldn't they go but, out the way they came in? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, like, a dubbing change. I just forgot to mention that now they're stuck in the factory. I mean, it would make sense if they wanted to, like, try and use the factory as some sort of shortcut so they aren't stuck in the, like, endless wilderness outside. But that's yeah. not what they seem to be doing. Uh, Back to Ty's group. They're running away from Andromon on, like, an outdoor catwalk thing. Um, Andromon just shoots another lightning blade at them. They all dodge it. By like really hanging off the outside of the over bridge. The sides. Yeah, really quick all thinking, all the same. Yeah, pretty good. Again, back to Izzy because we needed that five seconds interlude. Um, I think I think the problem is if coding. any one scene goes on too long, they might have to spend some of the animation budget, and they're not willing to do that yeah. in episode five. Exactly. They got a lot of episodes ahead of them. They got to save it. Yeah, I mean they they only got given like ten bucks to make the first thirteen episodes. They really got. A, just stretch that as much as they can. Um, yeah, Izzy is just straight up coding right now. Yeah, it's, it's really impressive for a nine-year-old. We get we get a couple of uh, good shots of his computer screen where there's actual code on there, and it makes sense. It's a C-like language. In fact, it uses C's um, comment structure. Um, you and- say. It's real. I'm still dubious about this. Oh yeah, no. It, you could you could actually if you could figure out some of these characters. If you could find a compiler that would use this particular syntax, like yeah, you could actually make this work. It's basically just generating uh, a series of lines in a fractal pattern. The uh, the the sample or the comment code at the top that's supposed to explain what the uh, code does um kind of gives away that they must have just like grabbed this from some sort of example site 
because it's named <laughs> Funk Sample. Funk is in function. Coast Creation. So I assume it's supposed to generate a coastline. It's a surprising amount of detail for a show that has had no attention to detail. Well, and considering because we'll see in a <laughs> at minute, any point. we'll see in a minute when he actually does compile and run it. Like it creates a like small 3D model of File Island, so it even ostensibly does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So while he's coding away, though, Tensomon gets uh, all of these lines that Tensomon give in the scene are fantastic. So. Uh, he first he says um, he admires how Izzy's working away while all of his friends are outside having fun. Jesus, way to be a dick, Tantamon. And says God. he asks him if he ever feels left out, and Izzy's just so no, not at all. What I love about all of this though is Tentamon doesn't say it in a like overly sardonic way or anything. He has this innocent de- sounding delivery, yeah, that makes you kind of <laughs> I don't know that makes you actually ask, road, okay, sir. is. Is he legitimately asking his question, or is he being sassy? You can't quite tell. <laughs> he asks Izzy, uh, he's like, would you rather spend your time with puzzles instead of people? And Izzy just goes, precisely. What could be more fun than breaking a cryptogram that no one else has figured out? Oh, he's just so oblivious. To Which everything. actually kind of helps describe, explain how he could be Ty's best friend, because he's so oblivious he doesn't realize Ty is an idiot and an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Izzy says he'd just like to figure out more about the world and, you know, the nature of Digimon. Um, and Tentomon's like, I really don't understand your preoccupation with who he is. Is there some origins that we don't know about? And, and then we get a flashback. Word, says, yeah, we get a flashback. A flashback. Uh, this flashback, they don't actually tell us what it's about. It's Izzy, uh, I assume he's like a year or two younger than he is at the moment. And he's like overhearing a conversation between his parents. And they're saying, oh, maybe should we tell him? He deserves to know. We don't actually find out what they're talking about until much later. As I recall, Izzy doesn't find out what they're talking about until later either. No, no, he found out that was the conversation he knew. Like, he figured it out during that conversation. That comes up later on. But yeah, Izzy is adopted. And his parents were talking about whether or not they should tell him. Uh, We don't find that out. I just based that off the context of how they talked about the scene. Yeah. We don't actually get told that for like another 20 episodes. It's kind of silly because you think about it, what purpose would this scene serve? In Foreshadowing! The yes, but They've this, been doing the, so this, much this of it first so arc, the first 13 episodes was what they were originally commissioned to make. They didn't get told to make the rest of the show until they were half done with this. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I think yeah, at that anyway. point it's five shadowing because it's they're foreshadowing oh. stuff that will never happen. Oh. Yeah. Um, he, one just like snaps him out of his flashback and says, look at your computer. And all of his code is just fucking floating around the screen. Like, what the fuck? Oh, Jesus. He just code got does the not digital world virus on his computer thing. Not sure how recursive this goes, but boy, howdy. Um, Izzy's digivice starts to glow. And Izzy's like, oh, my digivice. Um, they don't know that's what Digivices are called. They don't find that out, I don't think, until they meet Centaurumon, or maybe even Jedi. So Maybe that's just what they want to call it. And they got it what right. What they want to call it just I happens mean, to be exactly what it's called. Yeah. I mean, they've already figured out how this place works. Everything's a digi-something or other, so this is a digi-device. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe they just made it up, and the digital world heard... 
And Centaur Mon later on says, yeah, that's what it is. We'll just call it that. <laughs> the it digital world here, like here's what fucking... they say and then remakes itself in their image. Centaur Mon only, I think it was, it was either him or Jedi, I only knew what it was because it was written on a fucking wall. I mean, right, but it came world, into man. existence as soon as change. they named it. <laughs> it's always it's always been there, but it's only always been there it. as of right now. Before this, it was not always having been there. I don't know what's so difficult about this to you, man. This makes perfect sense. <laughs> so, um, Izzy's like, what's going on? And Tentomon's like, uh, Tentomon to Izzymon, are you reading me? I love- Because it just triggered him with a flashback about him being adopted. I love God. when the Digimon add Mon to the end of the kids' names. It happens a lot in Tamers with uh, Gilmon, who is very, very stupid. Calls Takato Takatomon, just like all the time. It's I love it. It's great. Um, Izzy says, I think I'm finally ready to abandon my alien theory. About time. Yeah. I, I don't see how this evidence disproves that, but sure thing, Izzy. Well, apparently he gets a lot more information out of this than we did, because he mentions it later on. Um, at this point, Tentomon starts, like, glowing. And, and, and like, yeah, smoking. And there's sizzling noises. <laughs> and he's like, ah, it hurts, it hurts. And for some reason says he's dancing like he's never danced before. Yeah, referencing a song that there's no possible way he ever could have heard. I know, right? So Izzy turns his computer off, and Tentomon... No, no, just, no. Like, Izzy asks what's down. going on. Tentomon continues to say, it's burning me, make it stop. <laughs> Izzy, go, Izzy, Izzy kind of regards him with a mild scientific curiosity, um, and then notices his digivice is freaking out. Um, Tentomon continues to scream in pain, and Izzy finally decides to disconnect the power after like showing absolutely no concern for his friend. Izzy's a true scientist. Ethics be damned. Like, hmm, I'm gonna see where this whole Tentamon <laughs> screaming in pain thing goes. See, he turns is his Tentamon computer off real? after Tentamon's pain. Is it just digital information? Can he feel pain? Let's test this. <laughs> and then, and then once, uh, once the power goes off, Tentamon sort of, you know, collapses. And rather than, like, finding out if his, you know, partner for life is okay, he turns and looks at his Digivice and is sad to see it's turned off. Yeah, he's disappointed that his Digivice is turned off. This is foreshadowing. And we cut back to Ty's group, who are running away from Andromon. No, they're not running Ty, away, they're hanging, no, they're running, they're hanging, hanging off the bridge. For their lives. Yeah, so Ty jumps off the bridge onto a crane, uh, immediately knows how to work a crane, hooks well, Andromon yeah, I mean, in the back, and lifts him you, into the air. Have you but, seen the, um, like the level of the crane game game in japan like there's some oh, crazy yeah. crane games out there i bet you ties a master at them so this also, is like you watched any movies single... in the 90s where kids get into cranes and automatically know how to use them kids just know how to use cranes man i mean it's That's just, just it's just levers and like any maybe kid there's like a, a dedicated lever. crane class in japanese schools that we just aren't aware of no, even in the west little kids in media know how to use cranes yeah 80, half the 80s movies out there probably adult. use them but this is, like, the single most competent thing Ty has ever done. Like, ever. I'm pretty, pretty sure he's... competent at being an ass. Well. Yeah, that kind of goes without saying. That's just Ty. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So we cut back to Matt's group, who are on the roof of the factory. Mimi's laying down some uh, some solid architecture burns, complaining about uh, complaining about how drab brutalism is as an architecture style. <laughs> I don't remember that. I think you're making that up because I do not remember that. Well, I mean, you you got to read between the lines. Mimi's a deep is thinker. This different dubs? Do you um, watch different videos? Are you so, not watching the finished dub? <laughs> See what, what you was. might what you might hear if you're just listening to the surface audio is her complaining about gray not being her color, but like all that subtext, it's there. Mm, yeah. Um, Izzy like meets up with them. He tells them he's discovered it's the program running the factory that actually generates the power to run the factory. Which isn't how any of this works. Uh, And even more incredibly, he says, in the digital world, data and information are a living substance and that the factory is alive. So the Um, entire factory is a Digimon. I'm not sure if this this kind of plot point ever surfaces again. Of anything except the Digimon being alive. But it's a cool I mean, enough thing. Maybe that thing was a tower in the later parts of this, but we'll get to that when we get to that. What on earth is that? Something you have to edit out later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, where were they? They were on the roof. Ty's group is like running up to Matt's group. And they're like, oh, be careful, watch out. Andromon just pops up right in the middle of the two groups. Um, he locks onto Izzy and shoots boob rockets at him. Because boob rockets, they're a thing in the show. Yeah, his chest, his chest opens up and two rockets that are exactly where his nipples would be if he was a cyborg um, yep. shoot out. And the missiles have, like, faces on them. Oh, the missiles are great. I'll get to that in just a sec. But uh, they all dodge out of the way of the missiles, except for TK. Who just stands there and yells, Matt, help me. Fuck's sake, TK. Um, and of course, and Matt helps him by standing there and yelling while Gabumon actually runs in and helps. Yeah, Gabumon digivolves to save him. Which is, which is the first time. First time we've yeah, seen it. It's the first a... time a Digimon has digivolved outside of their specific episode. Yep. Which is cool. But and that also means that. Just uh, that also means that we're already starting the. Tradition of Agumon and Gabumon showing up the other Digimon by both of oh, them yeah. stealing the spotlight from Kabuterimon, whose episode it actually is. Yep. Um, so Garurumon well, knocks the missiles. The spotlight. They're preparing the spotlight for him because he's the one that wins the day. Yeah, I suppose, but still. So Garurumon knocks the missiles out of the way, but they turn around in midair, and then the missiles, which have like faces painted on them, uh, their mouths open and have guns inside of them, which start <laughs> shooting at the kids. I don't think the mouths the so be clear, are painted on. Those are the faces of the missiles. Yeah, no, clear, the missiles, these are missiles. The missiles from like inside the factory an android's are alive. chest that have guns inside of their mouths and they are shooting. <laughs> it's so fucking cool. Um, at this point, Agumon digivolves to Greymon and hits the missiles again. Um. Andromon just fucking throws him off the roof because he's fucking awesome. <laughs> because he's an entire cool power level higher than both of yeah, them. Yeah, he's, he's an ultimate. They're getting their asses kicked, and there's this really awesome scene where Andromon picks up Greymon, and like, because he's got Garumon and Greymon standing on either side of him. He picks up Greymon, lifts him over his head, and hits Garurumon with him. It's a pretty boss scene. <laughs> what is badass? Nine foot tall cyborg picking up a. 
dinosaur and picking up a like a 15 foot it. tall dinosaur and just oh, it is so pretty cool. cool um Tentomon tells Izzy to reactivate the program on his computer because he thinks it might help him digivolve how he figured that out I don't know Digimon instinct Digistinct. so we get the digivolve sequence Tentomon digivolves to Kabuterimon and he's terrified. Okay, okay, okay. Let me put it. He has I'm, the least enthusiastic. I was just name gonna say ever. Tentomon, Tentomon almost misses his cue, and <laughs> um, digivolves at the very last second. And whoever comes in to do Kabuterimon's voice could not care less about this gig. Because he goes like Tentomon, digivolve to Kabuterimon. Th- th- that's not far off. It's be so fair. just. He does not give a shit. I did not notice this. I was too preoccupied with his horrific mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah Kabuterimon's oh, Kabuterimon. kind of terrifying. He's terrifying. He is a giant bug. More like Kabuterimon. Oh. <laughs> yes, exactly. He has, um, point, sir. He has, like, a really thin body that leads into, like, a spike that points forward, which I always thought looked kind of like a dick. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, we see what we his, want to see. Yeah, his sure. head is like <laughs> his head is like a, a helmet with a big horn on it, but his mouth takes up like half of it and it opens sideways. Yeah, I mean it's a bug it's mouth, a, a horrifying bug mouth. Too. He is horrifying. It's not bug mouth. There's a tongue and there's like flesh and gum. No, no, no. The, yeah, the, the mouth is the mouth is a bug mouth. It's everything inside of it isn't. But <laughs> that's the, the terror. The side, the sideways like jaw thing is a like a beetle thing. Yep. In well, he, orientation, yeah, yes. After a in form, no. Yeah, not at all. And he has like re- he's really thin and gangly and tall, and he can fly, which is cool. Um. So that's what he does. He just, like, jumps down, slams into Andromon, and then starts doing flybys. Because if you can fly, why the fuck wouldn't you just fly past and hit people and fly away? Well, if you have melee attacks, that's... you kind of have to do it that way. Yeah. Andromon just shoots more boob missiles at him. Because, yeah. Um, Again, yeah, Joe much asks, like if you can fly, you should. If you have boob missiles, absolutely shoot them. That's yeah. what they're there for. Uh, <laughs> Joe asked if he, if this guy ever runs out of power. At which point, Izzy notices that his leg is, like, giving off sparks and stuff. Uh, so he tells Kabuterimon to aim for his leg to cut his energy source. Which, I mean... It's a bit of a leap, help? but at the same time, if you see a glowing weak point, you should probably target it. Yeah. So Kabuterimon does his giant electroshocker. Which is a really cool move. He like charges up and shoots a big electric ball. It's pretty cool. Title dropped. Yeah. Um, so the black gear flies out and explodes. Andromon falls over and his eyes stop glowing. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Uh, he tells everyone that uh, the gear reprogrammed his system and he's not normally violent. Damn these analytical mechanical machines. So easy to hack with their gears. I mean, couldn't they just go, yo, Andromon, you're an ultimate level Digimon. Can you come, like, help us kill the devil dude that lives on that mountain? That we don't actually know about yet. Well, uh, yeah, but... I mean, he, he's a high-level Digimon that was beat by, like, three really low-level ones. Well, he wasn't He wasn't yeah, defeated, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't defeated in battle. The, no. Yeah, they just got they rid of the Black Gears and he stopped fighting. 
If he Let was out to kill them, up. he would have fucking shrek them. But more but to your point, to your point about having him come help them, like when they realize it is time to fight, they kind of do this. Mm. The uh, they get a bunch of the a bunch of the guys they've I met suppose. to come help them fight at some point. I'm pretty sure they they ask like Leomon, and Leomon has a reputation. <laughs> in that His he reputation dies. builds after this. To be fair, yeah, he's Leomon is in the trailer for. Um, the second adventure try, um, and everyone's convinced he's going to die. Well, yeah, you see, in oh, in Jap- in Japanese, Leo means martyr. <laughs> he just yeah, his whole thing is he dies in increasingly gruesome ways. It seems. Um. Uh, so we're, uh, that's right. He says you can leave by using the underground waterway. Again, were Thanks, they trapped? Robot. Were they stuck here? Could they not get out? I don't know. Wait, what's their destination? They even say at the beginning they don't know where to go. Yeah, I don't know. And from what I remember of the next episode, they kind of just, like, wind up in some weird place again. I like mean, that robot's just throwing a bunch of kids in the sewer. That's all he's doing. Yeah. So while they're in the sewer... Well, you know how it is. You get them when they're young, and yeah, they're cute and kind of fun, but then they start growing, and you just don't know how to keep track of them, so you flush them down the toilet. And then you get Digimon down the toilet. Yep. Yep, the sewers, are full, the sewers are full of fully grown uh, champion-level Digimon that uh, that people flush <laughs> down there thinking that they... Because uh, they wanted to get them as pets. How but... do you think you get Numemon? <laughs> Well, these Digimon I keep getting hate Numemon. He's so gross. And they didn't want to kill him up, so where does the poop go? I'm not looking forward to next week, because I'm pretty sure next week is the uh Yes, next week is where we find we out about Numemon. Yes, next week they're accosted by a horde of poop monsters. Yep. So while they're down in the sewer, TK asks Izzy if he can use the same program that made Tentomon Digivolve to help Padamon Digivolve. And he's like, yeah, shit, yeah, I can. Fucking watch this. Gonna and then nothing these happens. Ghosts. Yeah. Nothing happens. The yeah, ghosts. the computer, they, they get outside of the magical range of the factory, which can, is the only thing that can generate power to his computer for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't work. Doesn't do anything. Like his computer literally shuts down when he tries to bother charging do it. it again. Does it? I didn't know. I thought it just, um, he just turned it off because it wasn't working. I know his computer works later on as well, but maybe it's because he goes to another similar magical energy place again. Although yeah, the, no, it, it actually, it, the screen like, actually yeah, fades out as he's typing. And he keeps hitting the huh. button trying to get it to come back on. Oh, there you go. Ty and Akumon both say, oh yeah, we can fix it. And they go to smack it. And Izzy dodges out of the way and they just hit each other in the face. Um... Ty's face would be fucking slashed to shit. Agumon has claws. Yep. Well, Ty's, Kids are Ty's face may not be slashed to shit, but his bumps. ego sure is, because Sora bookends this episode with another sick burn. <laughs> she says, maybe actually... maybe now that there's holes in your heads, your brains will get enough oxygen. <laughs> Which is oh, harsh. Like I said, making fun of Ty and Agumon. Time on the tradition. And everyone laughs. Burned his hair. Everyone laughs, and then that's fair. a fade out to music. There's no ending narration. So, yeah, that's that episode. That was, I I liked this episode because we get the first 
instance of there's more to the digital world than just weird shit happening all the time. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the episodes that like hint at because they're never going to get into it more than just hinting at with the quality of this show and like the audience level of this show. <laughs> but just giving you the the smallest glimpses of the idea that like there's a whole metaphysical like explanation for how the digital world works and like somewhere there's some sort of technical manual that explains it all i want to believe yeah uh it's some of my favorite episodes of the show discounting just like the hype moments like magnanjimon and anjawoman which are kind of unfair um my favorite episodes are the ones that go into more detail on what the digital what the fuck the digital world is so, like, the one right before the end of the Edamon arc, where they all go into the cave and they can just, like, fucking teleport and shit. And this episode kind of starts that. Plus, you know, it's the second time we see a Black Gear. Finally starting to get some semblance of a pattern going on here. What I... I hate to... Actually, no. Screw that. I love the harp on the idea of foreshadowing. And... I, I, what I like about this is the character moments. Uh, I... Still, really like stories of people growing up about having issues that they're overcoming through these adventures, and it's starting to get into some of the, these issues these kids have that later on, like dozen episodes, are going to start having to confront and deal with and overcome to grow as people. Yeah, that, I love those kinds of themes. They do get into it a little bit. Yeah, those are my favorite. Probably some of my favorite moments from the entire show are like when the uh, the parents come in and they. It's the parents having to deal with the fact that, yeah, our, like, preteen kids have to go out into the middle of a city and fight monsters, because they're the or, only ones who can. Or, like, the time skip episodes, uh, about 20 episodes later for me, like, 15, 20, uh, where Ty is in the real world for, like, an hour, mm. and the digital world is, like, a month, and yeah. dealing with and they've all been the living without him, to that. and they all thought he was dead. Yeah, like, seeing their responses, like, all play out out of... It's how they act in these episodes. And there's not just like really, the stereotypes kind of stuff. There's actually deeper levels to it. There's, not that there's much a deeper, really, really else. great moment in um, the like final few episodes of Digimon Tamers. Because in that series, they digivolve to Megaforms. They actually have to merge with their Digimon. That's how they get to the Megaform. And um, there'd been like a whole episode dedicated to the kids and their parents talking about how you know, we have to go out and defend the city. We're the only ones who can do it. And the parents begrudgingly let them go out because they were under the assumption that the kids would just be there and the Digimon would be doing all the fighting. And then they get this video where they can see inside the Digimon and realize that the kids themselves are doing the fighting. And they have a real, oh, fucking come on. <laughs> just like a, we didn't want this sort of moment. Every parent feels the same. Yeah, when your kid merges with a digital monster and becomes like a sort of human digital monster hybrid. You know, it's parents really just need to have to accept that that's a part of growing up. That's, I mean, all yeah. kids must go through that. Why don't they remember when they went through it? Oh, right, they didn't have the internet back then. Grow up, <laughs> mom and dad. In, in Tamers, though, it's kind of their fault because the parents were the. At least one of their dads was one of the ones who created the digital world and created the program that's kind of fucking over everyone. So they're kind of responsible for everything. Tamers is really good. I can't wait. 
It's Jim, a, we have to get through awesome hundred and some episodes of this schlock. Oh, we have to get through O two. Yeah, that's gonna be a rough Ugh. ride. See, at least adventure is still good. Like it starts off rough, but it gets good. Adventure two is just it's just it's bad. the Pokemon of the Digimon. It just kind of like it has its uh, moments, like basically everything involving Ken. Yeah, I mean, I remember, else. I remember Black War Greymon. Like, aside from everyone loving him because he's a War Greymon and he's black, like actually having a pretty good arc <laughs> as far as like yeah. trying to explore what it means, like personal identity and like the idea of destiny and whether or not you can truly make like something of yourself despite your past. He, and he has that really hot moment where he realizes because Black War Greymon and War Greymon have a fight. And he realizes that the war Greymon he's fighting is the same Agumon he made friends with when he'd just been born. It's pretty cool. Really, the best moment is him hacking the digital world with a bunch of tiles so no one can get in again. <laughs> Screw everybody. It's off limits now. Well, no, only through that one particular place. That one particular place, but what can you do? There's always a backdoor exploit. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if, if nothing else, the CIA needs to make sure they can, you know, get into the digital world to, uh... Like, launch nuclear weapons or whatever it is the CIA is doing in secret. No, you... Prevent nuclear weapons from being launched by Digimon in the internet. Well, no, and have the, security. the kids had to do that, because that happened. Oh my god. <laughs> it was Izzy, Matt, and Ty had to prevent that. But you joke about that, but it seems like in Tri, there actually seems to be a government agency dedicated to managing the Digimon threat. Well, I mean, yeah, once world governments learn that this place exists, of course they're going to uh, each try and, like, both claim the technology for themselves and try to block everyone else from using it. It's it's just that their strategy involves, oh shit, Digimon are attacking, quick, get those kids. <laughs> not, not develop a weapon that can harm Digimon, not develop Digimon-like anything well, yeah i mean why it's do any of that when you have convenient kids. child labor right there is there digital oil in this world <laughs> well there are oil Ooh. derricks but no actual oil mm. yeah that there will be oil like derricks it. no actual the, oil and the oil you do probably, get doesn't work in the real world yeah and you like you you go to the wells and shit and, it, and you know oh yeah you turn it on instead of pumping out oil it just pumps out like retarded shit it it's out, olive like, oil <laughs> olive oil. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It pumps out something completely unrelated. It'll, just, it'll pump out like pumpkin juice or something. That just seems like something that would happen in the digital world. I do. Yeah, the whole that conversation with Izzy and Tentomon was great. Yeah, I think I think honestly, Tentomon's probably my favorite character right now. His lines yeah. are consistently wonderful, and like I said, you can never quite tell from his delivery if he's being like genuine and naive or incredibly dry-wittedly sarcastic he's Tentamon's cool dickishness is only superseded by ties yeah but Tentamon... someone, hey was there something traumatic in your childhood let's trigger some of those memories <laughs> but Tentamon kind of like knows what he's doing ties just a dick because he's Ties an oblivious dick, which might be worse it might in some be. ways. Tentomon is like 
He knows what he's doing. Come on, is he's a he? smart dude. Is he really? Mm. We've already established when he talks about stuff, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he's Maybe bullshit he his way through everything. He's talking about. That might be it. <laughs> he's cool though. I like Tentemon. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Because I've run out of bullshit. I just want to say that um, I've been kind of looking at the Digimon wiki like further, um, and it is. It's taking the whole like wiki concept of being very uh, meticulous with explaining things and applying it to something as absurd as Digimon, which leads to th- wonderful lines like Skull Greymon <laughs> is a skeleton Digimon whose name and design are des- derived from Skull Greymon. <laughs> yeah. No shit, Digimon wiki. You don't well, say. It was when I was um, looking through the Digimon wiki a while back and we were really confused as to like why Miramon was just a flaming fireman. Turns out that uh Mira is like the onomatopoeia for burning in Japanese. Huh. So like that's the sound a fire makes in Japanese is Mira, like Mira Mira. Also, notice in the factory a lot of the characters and text and numbers and such are all like English characters. Right, like which would look which would look like system. weird alien script in Japan, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, yeah, as we've already English established this in this in show, uh, when someone was given a note in Japanese, they were told that it was written in Digicode. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think at this point they had realized that there was an entire arc of this show set in fucking Tokyo. Yeah. It's... Mm. I do still love that in the movie, one of the songs on the soundtrack is Kids in America. About a show exclusively about kids from Japan. Yeah, and it's not like they even changed it to be English in, like, a localization or anything. Like, it's... It was, uh... Specifically in Japan, even in the English version. Yeah. They live in Odaiba, Tokyo. uh, I don't know if it's they canonically speak Japanese or not. Because they can speak to, like, the American kids and the Australian kids. Well, you see, once you entered the the digital world, you get psychically linked up to uh, the digital world's translation circuits, which... But they can't can't speak Russian, because they went to Russia and they couldn't speak to the Russian kids. Well, that's because well that's because due to the due to in the their own special way that's because due to the <laughs> iron curtain soviet computers are in a separate digital world so our oh digital god. world has no access to <laughs> oh god i want to meet the russian digital world i don't think oh you goodness. do i really don't think you <laughs> yeah, do the soviet digital world would be a horrible animations. place <laughs> and recycle animations from other shows. Like if you, lightly edited for this show. If Mimi thought the like brutalism of a like fairly standard factory is bad, just wait till you see Soviet construction in the digital world. Instead of the <laughs> island being many biomes, all the biomes are just wasteland. That's yeah, just it's it's tundra. It's tundra and wasteland. Factories. It's wasteland like, factories. It's like more just of a prairie wasteland. It's just like dirt. It's ugh. I just, I love that concept that they have these completely distinct computers that were developed and there's multiple digital worlds created. Well, I mean, these today, like, that's all merged together, but we've got um, the Chinese digital world, which is separated by, you know, the Great Firewall of China. 
You know the what? Great Wall of Fire canonically exists. It's a thing. You know what? If they ever make another Digimon series, just abandon all this merging with the Digimon nonsense. Just have multiple different digital worlds. The characters are international, and they well, go, ben. "Yeah, my Digimon's from this particular side of the web," and they get special abilities <laughs> because of that. Well, we've actually, well, that'd be pretty cool. We've actually talked about how, like, canonically, there are multiple different digital worlds because there's an entire multiverse. Yeah, yeah, but make that part of the show. But then we'd have to acknowledge Ryo Akiyama beyond his ten-second cameo. I think, I think, honestly, that like that setting would make the most sense for a like game. Because then you can travel from, like... Which it was. Area to area. <laughs> Anything involving the multiverse outside of, like, one episode of um, Cross Wars. The only thing involving multiverse in this entire series is Rio's games. I was thinking of, like, a modern... Else, I was yeah. thinking of, like, a modern game where, like, you have various digital worlds that you can travel back and forth between based on different, like... Yeah, I don't know, different... Areas of it would computing. be cool. Yeah, it would be really cool. I was thinking an MSX game where you're in a factory and you have to use a crane to lift a uh, <laughs> Andromon an from one. chasing you. I think it'd work out really well with test audiences. <laughs> I still can't believe that Ty managed. Like that was such a uncharacteristically. Good move that he pulled. I just saw them and thought, this will be great in the MSX video game they'll make for this. Yeah. Or some really low-poly computer for this. I, I feel like I feel like any degree of thinking ahead is out of character for Ty, too, though. He's very much in-the-moment kind of person. Yeah. I mean, when he eventually gets his crest to work properly, the very first thing he does is, instead of going, alright, cool, I've got my crest glowing and you digivolved, you can go fight and I'll cheer you on. No, he's fucking like running alongside his Digimon directly into a fucking black hole. <laughs> he is... He blurs the line between courage and recklessness. Which... Which really, I mean, that's not a very his, clear line his to begin with. His crest needs to be pickier. His crest just needs to be pickier with like what actions it deems courageous. Because fucking hell. Um, unless we have anything else to talk about, I think we can leave it there. Yeah, okay. I'm good here. So, as usual, you can find Joel on his other podcast, Teenagers with Attitude. They talk about Power Rangers. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good time. We have, like, probably twice as many people as we have here, so it's a uh, absolute mess. Yep, I do not envy editing... Like Zach when he has to edit that shit together, because he actually does more editing than me. Because you take breaks on that show, we we pretty much have to. Because <laughs> when you run like two hours long with all those tangents, like if we lost, oh, the, God, if yeah. any one of those people lost their audio, like that's that's the entire night shot. Yeah, that would happen on this show if we had more than three or four people on an episode. And if we, you know, drug it on, which could happen, I'd on. just have to actually try harder to find people to guest. Rather than, like, just saying an hour before we start, hey, does anyone want to come on? It worked so far. Yeah, it worked out pretty good so far. Uh, we actually have our first pre-book guest next week. Which... Yeah, which uh, we've yeah. been employing lessons learned from the show by foreshadowing this. 
Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. We have a, a another guest next week, hopefully, unless he fucking, I don't know, loses his computer or something. Um, and Jules should be back next week, I hope. It's just unfortunate that she had work scheduled on recording two weeks in a row. It's like, oh, nothing we can do. That's the that's the that's the unfortunate risk of having a uh, having a non fixed schedule, I guess. I think she works in like a chocolate shop or something. <laughs> She's always talking about chocolate. Well, I mean, there's no downside to working overtime at the chocolate shop. Mm. Overtime is all right times. I don't know. I've seen an episode of I Love Lucy that may contradict that. I guess that was a chocolate factory, though. Is that the same thing? No, it's just a storefront. But, yeah, I think we will leave it there. Uh, I'm not going to ramble on like last time. So, this is the Digital Moncast, uh, and we'll see everyone next time. I admire the way you keep working while your friends are out having fun. Don't you ever feel sort of left out? Not at all. So you would rather spend your time with puzzles than with people? Precisely. What could be more fun than breaking a cryptogram that nobody else can figure out? I can think of a lot of things, like relaxing on a nice warm beach and not worrying about being trapped in a small room with no exit. But that's just me. 